Hello, my name is Becky Carlson, and I am the Fearless Coach, a platform and podcast talking about some of the toughest issues today in college athletics that realistically very few want to talk about. Now, the title of my podcast today, as you read it, is Universities Haven't Evolved, So Coaches Are Suffering. I wanted to talk about this issue because it's important, and currently given the high volume of coaches in my network, it appears that institutions are unwilling to make the right moves to make change in their levels of support for their student athletes and by extension, their coaches. As my keynote example today, I think it's important to talk about the most recent big name coach in the news, and that's Nebraska head softball coach Rhonda Revel, who was recently reinstated after a lengthy investigation over allegations of athlete mistreatment. I spoke on a previous podcast describing exactly why reinstatement was no fairy tale for any coach in Rhonda's position. And what I'm about to share with you today and analyze completely proves that point to a T. So you're welcome for me being right. Now, in tandem with talking about Rhonda's specific case, just last week, a letter was published by the College Athlete Advocacy Initiative that represents the student athletes of Nebraska's softball program and their complaints which are pushing back on Coach Revel's reinstatement. You can actually check the letter out on the Facebook page of the National Coalition Against Violent Athletes to review that for yourself. There was also a very damning article that was posted by Washington Post about Rhonda as well, which I don't think at all even scratches the surface of what's really going on at Nebraska. But I wanted to read to you some of the points of the advocacy letter to me are not surprising and quite similar to the ambiguous allegations outlined in the cases of female coaches like UNC's former basketball coach Sylvia Hatchell, formerly of Georgia Tech head coach women's basketball Michelle Joseph, and of course the most recent Melissa Stokes at Missouri State University with the women's volleyball program. Now in Coach Stokes' case, it was made public that she was let go for compliance violations dating back a few years ago until now, yet when Missouri State was asked whether or not compliance was being held accountable, the compliance office was touted as being cleared of any wrongdoing, and there were absolutely no errors on their part to be admitted. Now, that I find interesting because as coaches, we know we have to be accountable for everything our athletes do and do not do, but it's interesting to me that administrations do not have to be accountable along with their coaches, which the coaches are essentially their own team. The double standard is astounding, but it's it's sad to me because it's growing so very common. Now, in terms of Rhonda Revel's reinstatement, I read the letter crafted by the student athlete advocates, and I have to say that I've built my platform on working to be as balanced as possible, and no, I do not believe that every coach in every instance is absolutely innocent. I do not and will never blindly defend a coach simply because of their position. However, here are some of the points that were made in the letter that was published following Coach Revel's reinstatement. The quote was that the players were forced to rank one another in terms of their commitment to the team. I want you to know that as a coach who does a ton of work on team culture, I have been to countless seminars where other coaches at major division ones and even some of my most respected mentors have systems that ask athletes to rate many things on performance and team culture. This allows the team to be able to recognize how they see their own teammates and how their teammates see them. It is a legitimate exercise. And while I can't speak to what they were doing at Nebraska, 
Those of you unfamiliar with these kinds of assessment tools need to know that this is common. So when I read that one, I was a little bit thrown off because I know that that is something that is very common within programs in a ranking system. So I'm throwing that one out the window. As far as the additional complaints, there needs to be some serious consideration to several aspects of this letter, including the mental health and the athletic training complaints. I'm all for being balanced, but there are far too many things that don't add up enough for anyone to come to any kind of conclusion, no matter how egregiously written this letter is. Now, my first question about this letter is the expectation of Coach Revel as a head softball coach and why it seems that the head softball coach is the main source of this level of complaint. Now, at Nebraska or anywhere else, what exactly is the definition of a college coach and the description we see as the most fitting for their duties? I'm asking that as an honest question, and if you don't understand why I'm asking it, I'm going to say this. Coaches are coaches. They are not therapists, mental health specialists, athletic trainers, or doctors. The letter read that, quote, multiple athletes were forced to play through injury, ridiculed for being injured, and discouraged from seeking medical attention. There were also claims that, quote, at least one athlete expressed suicidal thoughts in a meeting with athletic administrators who were made aware that several of the young women were experiencing mental health issues. Now, I want you to keep in mind that that was a meeting with athletic administrators. That doesn't even include Coach Revel, but this was part of the athlete statement against Coach Revel being reinstated. This didn't. This part of it didn't even have anything to do with her, and it was included in the letter. So the items held within this letter appear to suggest that all these problems center specifically around the head coach and the head coach only. And we all know that in athletics, this takes a village. Programs do not operate in vacuums. So this specifically cannot be the case that this is all on the head coach. I repeat, as I have in many other forums, medical care for athletes and support for medical care is a collective institutional issue. Injury reports are required. I don't care what level you're at, they are required. Every athlete with or without an injury gets listed and must show whether they're available for competition or not. There's a section that literally says if they're available for competition. May I remind you of the mirrored complaints that we're seeing in Revel's case also showed up in UNC's Sylvia Hatchell's case where she was accused of, quote, forcing injured players to play. Here's what doesn't make sense. Athletes unavailable due to injury as rendered by the medical staff are not able to be played at all. It's simply not an option. If an athlete shows up as out on my injury report, it's not even up for discussion. They're not available. Now, if this is not the policy at Nebraska or the protocol, this is an issue with Nebraska's athletic training and medical staff, period. This doesn't even belong in this letter against Coach Rebel. As for the claim that the environment was not supportive of mental health and suicidal thoughts being divulged, coaches are not therapists. We are not mental health specialists. If this was happening, what mental health resources were made available? And what kind of support was the coaching staff given in order to support its athletes? Remember, that whole quote centered around them meeting with athletic administrators and claiming that they didn't do anything about it. That doesn't involve Rhonda. You see, if I go to a doctor with a sprained ankle, am I, am I also expecting my doctor to do my taxes? 
Do I, do I go out and ask a car to be a truck? No, no, I don't. My point is that we're seeing such a rise in these kinds of cases, especially for female coaches, because institutions are wholly unprepared to deal with the reality that the mental health wave affects athletics just as it affects the regular student. We are now demanding that our coaches be the sources of professional support that they are not qualified for. I will admit it. I am not qualified to be a therapist, and I'm okay with that. I expect the people around me that have the degrees in this to take care of that. I will be a supplemental support. I am not the go-to. So how are we not looking at Nebraska's athletic department as a whole when it comes to this particular bullet point? Now, I would say, given the accusations, that this is a group failure all the way around. Nebraska surely couldn't put that in the report, so instead... They reinstated Coach Revel rather than taking any ownership over the resources that they were not providing to this program. I think the answer is somewhere in the middle, but these lists in the letter that includes text messages and other allegations are among those that had to have been submitted as evidence during Revel's original investigation. If those text messages were as awful as this letter references, there's no way Revel would still be on staff. I'll use this as an example. You know my alma mater of Eastern Illinois University many, many moons ago, elevated from Division II to Division I prior to my arrival as an undergraduate. Now, the problem with that elevation was that it simply made the jump in theory and in title only. Now, Eastern Illinois, they, they didn't actually commit to the Division I mentality, nor did they possess the resources or plans to upgrade their facilities to truly classify them as Division I. Now, I say this as a comparison to what universities are doing in their refusal to evolve in this process as we deal with more and more student-athletes who, while they have more power than ever, also have more struggles than ever. The definition of a coach is not the one that needs the evolution. We're not the, we're not the description that needs to change. We can be the first point of contact. We can absolutely be a level of support, but we are not equipped or qualified to be all things to all people. What professors on your campus in the chemistry department can counsel a business major as effectively as they would someone in their own area of expertise? I want to know. We don't require that anywhere else on campus. We are stretching our coaches thin and refusing to see that these failures are as a group and this abysmal downfall of reactive departments and institutions that do not understand or connect to the day-to-day of a coach anymore because realistically, unless these athletes are football or basketball players, they really only want the other subset of the population, which is non-football, non-basketball. They really just want them to be happy. And when that doesn't happen, it's time to bring the storm down on the coach. I want you to listen to me, coaches. We are not supposed to be operating solo in this venture while leading our athletes. But when it comes time to put the blame on someone, coaches, you are going to be the first to feel the heat. The solution is, there's two solutions here. The solution is that either departments need to implement and supplement every single coach's paycheck with funds to earn a second or third degree in psychiatric counseling and athletic training if were to be held accountable for the institution's failures to resource these issues properly, or we can reorganize and get on the same team and start actually treating our female athletes and their programs with the same concern that we do as our revenue male sport athletes and their staffs. 
you have to start advocating for this now. I think it's gonna be really interesting to see what's released in the Rebel case. And last, I wanna say that this is what's so baffling to me. Getting rid of a coach today due to player dissatisfaction is like a hundred times easier when it's a female coach. Nebraska opened up that investigation because from my perspective, they wanted Revel gone for reasons outside of the student athlete. She's been there since 1993, and I think Nebraska originally just simply wanted to cleanse the department of her presence. If for a moment Nebraska had anything in the actual investigation that was usable, Revel would have been gone weeks ago. There would have been no need for an investigation. None of this adds up. But no one will get the truth. But the idea that this letter that's written by the Coalition for the Athletes, the idea that this letter could at all be telling the whole story is not a narrative I'm going to subscribe to at this point. I'm just not. And especially with all of these unanswered questions looming, I'm not ready. I want to say if you stand with Rhonda, as I do, you need to share this. I have seen nothing in these reports up to this point that have outlined specifics. I am in no way ready to condemn one of our most prominent and veteran coaches until there is a reason to do so. Please keep talking about this. Please keep sharing. And if you support Rhonda, let her know it. Until next time, I'm Becky Carlson, the Fearless Coach. Be fearless. Be fearless.